know that I never did. Welcome to the new episode, Yoshiden. I'm in back in K-Town. Thank you, Jonathan Branstein and Laura K. Branstein for letting me use their conference room. And I'm here with Angie. Is it Crum? It's Crum, yes. But, but the Germans pronounce it Krum. Krum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very nice name. Um, as Joe Rogan always used that word Krum from Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Different spelling, but... Right. <laughs> so we met... Three weeks ago in Vegas. Yep. Um, I know that you headline a lot in uh, Vegas too, but you were part of Edwin San Juan's show, and you did a fantastic job. Thank you. But what what intrigued me was what you've been doing for a long time, which is you want to explain to audience what you've been doing? Um, I've been doing hair for 18 years. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, but but you you did a little bit of other things, right? Like Brazilian waxing stuff, maybe in the beginning. Oh yeah, and- yeah. Um, I have a full like cosmetology degree, so I was trained in hair, skin, and nails. So I can I'm certified for all of it. I can still do, even though I don't do the waxing anymore. 
So we, we uh, if you don't mind, we, we'll talk about uh, when you got in comedy and stuff. But yeah, I'm really, yeah. I, I'm really curious about that, uh, your profession because I've never had someone from your profession. And oh, okay, yeah, very nice. So, Ask away. Um, uh, it's very giving. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have asked you if, if you weren't funny, and you were very funny on the show. Thank you. Um, so, a little bit of your background. You were, you grew up Butte, Montana. You were born and raised there. No, I was born in Phoenix, raised oh. raised like half. There's a town called Casa Grande in between Phoenix and Tucson, so okay. I was raised there till I was 11. And then when I was 11, we moved up to Pine Top, which is in the White Mountains of Arizona. It's like an hour okay. and a half away from Flagstaff. And But my dad's from Montana, so every chance we got, my parents were taking us up there to see all of our family on that side of the family. And um, okay. I went to beauty school there. So, you know, I, you know. Is it, was it like a family run business or this is something that you're the only one? I'm the only hairdresser in the family. So what, what did the inter- when did the interest come? Uh, to be quite honest, I wanted a career that I could fall back on because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Okay. And, um, That's smart. And also, I like the idea that you can make good money and you make your own hours and you set your own prices. And now, you know, all these years later with comedy, it's like it works out perfect because since I make my own schedule, if I get booked for a gig, well, then I just, you know, I'm my own boss. So I just say, well, not working that day, you know. So it goes hand in hand. Because we met because you you go to Vegas once a month, cut Mm -hmm. your former clients. Yeah. And you just show up. Yep. And you do shows at night. This is very convenient. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. And you live in L.A. now. Okay. Yep. Um, So... When did what, what age you you start thinking like I think I could do this, like about? Did you know early on you're going to start cutting people's hair and things? Oh like gosh, that? no! I was the biggest tomboy growing up. Like there was people that found out when they found out I became a hairdresser, they were like, "Angie Crumb's a hairdresser? That's scary," you know? Because again, I never did my hair and makeup. I didn't give a crap about beauty or anything like that. And so again, it was just a fallback career. School was only a year long. Um, it took me a year and a half, but so. That's basically kind of where it stemmed from, you know. Just I tried college for three days, hated it, and said, "Nope, let me try a vocational school." And that's just kind of. And halfway through the the beauty school, I everything kind of started clicking with like learning chemicals and angles, and I don't know, just it all kind of came together, you know, like a puzzle. And from there, I was just like, "Hey, I was like, this is actually pretty cool. I enjoy doing this, and I was good at it," you know. What did you, what did you go to school? Where in Phoenix? Butte, Montana? Okay, that's Butte, where Montana. Butte kind of comes into a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. And. So, I, I didn't realize, uh, you know, I did a little bit of research. They were saying some pretty interesting stuff, a couple of things. They were saying uh, your business have a lot similar thing with porn, which is uh, tend to be more recession resistant because they were saying that even during the recession 2008, the business kind of stayed because women still want to get their hairs done really nice and they want to yeah. look good. And it's it really is like the more I read about it, uh, I I'm more sympathetic to women because you guys are I'm, I'm including you with the whole group but like the constant worry about looking always better what was looking looking what was good it, yeah, it, that's it's, true. it's a very stressful thing isn't it I mean you're dealing with women not mo- most of your clients are women I'm assuming uh, actually mine is probably about half and half I give a pretty mean men's haircut with a straight edge razor blade oh, okay. so I have a lot of men clientele too but who's more demanding uh, it's probably about even. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Men are very, very particular with their hair, and they need it done more often, you know. So, um, yeah, they're very particular with their hair, and I'd say... We're not necessarily talking about gay men. No, no. no I'm no, talking okay. about, you know, a lot of the times I can make their hair look exactly perfect, and then they'll just, like, hand me your comb, and they'll just, like, have to, like, put their own little touch to it, you know. So, finally, I'm just like, you know what? After I'm done with the haircut and I shampoo them out, I'm like, here, 
style your own damn hair. Yeah. You know? So um, I think you were telling me a little bit in the elevator that, of course, like anything else, when you start anything new, there's a learning curve, right? Even oh, yeah. You, even you went to school, you have a good intention, enthusiastic. So, like, explain to me, like, when you when you have, I don't want to say it's your fault, but when when there's like, when you, when you did somebody's hair, they're very unhappy. What do you what do you do in that situation? Let's say you fuck it up. Like, do you can you give me a couple examples? Uh, Let me think. Um, I'm sure it's been a while. So. Yeah, it's been a while. But the, also the other thing too, it's like you know, with every profession, when you're starting off, you're learning, and it does take you like. And I noticed co- comedy was kind of the same way because you get to a certain point in your hairdressing career where you're like, man, I'm, I'm good right now. I'm, you know, I'm on fire. Right. And then something happens or you, you know, get a, a new client that their hair's a lot different than most of what you're used to working on or whatever. It's like, and so, uh, and so then you, you know, but then again, as the years go by and years go by, now I've gotten to the point, knock on wood, but nothing challenges me anymore. It's so, I look at somebody, I'm like, oh, you need to do this formulation and just throw out some chemicals to them, you know? Um, let me think of, of a time that... Have you ever made anyone cry? Uh, yeah, a couple times. <laughs> I want to... So... Um, you know why? Because they come in and they've had long hair their whole life and they decide they want to cut it off, you know, maybe about the shoulders and donate it. And that makes people cry. And I finally Oh, got, oh so it's, it wasn't your mistake. It just, no, it's just them parting with their hair. Right. Is what makes them cry. And so I finally got to the point now when people come in and they're like, I want to cut my hair off. I'm like, I will do it under the condition that you do not cry. You need to be ready. Do you really say that to yeah, them? Oh, yeah. I get, I get harsh with my customers because, again, I've been doing this for 18 years. If I have a customer comes in and they're an asshole to me, I say, you know what? I don't think that we're a good fit, a good mix. So... um you know, I suggest you find another hairdresser. Or yeah. I had one client freak out on me. I almost had to get a restraining order against that one. Um, or you have people that they come to you the first time and then they, they decide that they like it, but you just didn't like them because they were an asshole, you know? And uh, it's like, don't treat me like a lower class citizen because I'm doing your fucking hair, you yeah. know? So anyways, um, then they say, okay, um, I want to make another appointment. How much will it be? I double the price and they pay it. I'm like, all right, I'm charging you X amount extra to deal with you. And uh, yeah. So you, so you haven't made anyone cry because you made a uh, mistake? No, no. Also, you really um, are good. Yeah. I mean, I've never made that bad of mistakes. Like one time, here's one. When I was in beauty school, this guy comes in. Well, by the way, so, so, so you'll actually cut a real person and... Obviously, you give them a free haircut, right? That's that's the, the the exchange. I mean, you might make a mistake, but the, the, oh, okay. Like, if for how does some that work? Reason, like when people show up again, let me think. I mean, ba- back when you're learning, yeah, a lot of stuff is either. Um, I was always taught to just take it a little too long. If you're unsure, leave it a little bit longer because you can always cut a little more off. You can't put it back on, you know. <laughs> yes. So the only thing, like, I've had people come back because they're like, you know what, I wanted a little bit shorter and that, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's right. not really fucking up. But yeah. um, with color, there's been times where... Um, Who usually want to get color on uh, their hair? Is it... That shit always drives me crazy when I see Asian people with, like, a real... I don't know why. I think I'm just an old person, but that shit just... I don't know. It really bugs it me. It depends on the person, their their skin tone... Um, For some you know, people it works, others it just doesn't look right. Exactly, you know, and if somebody comes in and they say, hey, I want my hair like this, one, I have to even think, 
you know, is this even going to look good on him too? Will their hair even get to that? Like they'll bring in a picture of Angelina Jolie and say, I want to look like this. And it's like, no, you don't want your hair like that. You want the face and body to look like that. Yeah. And it's not going to happen, you know. Um, because you've been doing this long enough. You could tell looking at somebody's face, somebody's skin tone and say, well. Just the texture of their hair. If they have thin or thick hair. Your shape of your head. Shape you, of their face, shape of their head. Then you could suggest like, I think you look better with this hairstyle, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But what's the percentage of people that listen to you or they don't listen to you? Uh, I'd say almost 100% of them listen to me. Oh, they do listen to oh, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I say, that won't look good on you. Let me grab a magazine. Let's flip through with some options that will right. look good on you. You know, because it's like, I've got fairly thick hair. If somebody comes in and wants my hairstyle, but their hair is like, like, almost like feathers. There's people out there with hair that fine. I feel so bad for them. Why, 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 why is that uh, fair hair? <clears throat> a lot is of that? it could just be their genes. A lot of it could no, be No, but like, why, why, is those, why, why that kind of hair is bad? Oh, because you can't really do anything with it. It's always lays flat. You, so a lot of times you can see their scalp. Um, a lot of times it can't handle chemicals the way other thicker hair can. Um, do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Oh, who's a good example? I've seen super fair skin, blonde hair, people like really the kind of hair that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So they and can't do anything with that. They can't do much. They either have to keep it really, really short, or if they can get any type of length to it, um, put extensions in it. So, because their hair, I mean, it just, it'll break right off. Or like I said, you can't get any volume out of it. Just there's not much you can do, you know? So, um, so do you like your hair? Do I like my hair? Yeah. Yeah. I love my hair. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, because some, sometimes, sometimes people don't, they always want something different. So like, and who was telling me, some white person was saying she wished she had an Asian girl's hair. And I was like, why? Why would that matter? I didn't understand why that was. Did the, she have really thin hair? I think so. That's why. Most so Asian people girls prefer, have thick hair. So if you have thick hair, you could do more stuff with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah. But there's some people that their hair is so thick that that's almost a burden too, you know. Is that a uh, is that like a black person's hair? Um, you know what? Black people's hair, it's like it's different in the aspect that most of the time it's really really curly. Um, but I've done um, black hair before, and <clears throat> it really can't handle chemicals the way um, other people's hair can. Like. Um, I had a black lady come in and she had me put highlights in her hair and like we thank God she was letting me give her a really good trim afterwards because her hair really couldn't handle too much chemicals because of everything else she already does. That doesn't to mean every black person, right? Just it was that particular black person. There, yeah, there is some that their hair just like with any you know uh, any person's hair. It's like there's different like there's white people, there's Mexican people, there's Asian people that some people have thinner hair, some people have thicker hair, just like some people. Also, oh, has nothing to do with the color of hair. your hair. No, I mean it's like you know like it's. I don't know. I, I will say that African American hair I've noticed that can't handle like chemicals the way other people's hair can. You know, it's not as strong as you think because it looks like they have a ton of it, or it looks really yeah. wiry because it's curly. It it really can't. You know. I see. Um, and my experience, all the African American hair I've worked on, um, it was very fragile. You know, but I also see. they do their own like home relaxers on them and stuff too. So it's like those chemicals are on their hair strands. So now you're working with a chemical already on the hair and you're putting more chemicals on it. So, so that's how people melt people's hair off. Uh, how difficult for most black people to have straight hair if they're trying to do that? Is it really pain in ass? If, I mean, it's came a long way. So if they want to have straight hair, depending on how curly their hair is, I see. they can get that thing I was telling you about the Brazilian blowout. Yeah. It's, there's that and a couple other treatments that you can do on your hair. 
that it either makes your hair straight or just a really big wave so it's easier to just like take a flat iron to it and flatten it out um sounds like a lot of work it is because <laughs> i've seen some black girls well it's very sufficient porn some of them look really good in straight hair other one like it didn't look right uh, it's really it's a really fine line isn't it it just depends yeah I, c- I can't tell you why it looks good i can only tell you like when it's off I could tell something's not right. Well, the other thing, too, is like you have to look at how do they have it flat, but it still looks a little bumpy or fuzzy, or is it nice and straight and silky looking, you know? Silky. That, that's when they look good. Exactly. So if it's not silky, then they fucking did it wrong. Huh. You know? If it looks like shit, then they didn't do it right, you know? Plain and simple. Because I saw that Chris Rock's documentary. I didn't know most black people, when they put extensions, they're from, the hairs are from India. That surprised me. I just assumed they were from Africa or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to say that a lot of stuff... Uh, I know a lot of hair comes from India. Well, um, do they have a good hair? Based, generally They've speaking? got the thick, you know... Um, I think a lot of hair comes from like probably like China and Japan, too, you know, because you have that one... Is that right from Japan? Yeah. It's like a lot of people grow their hair really long and cut it off and sell it because you can, you know, make some good money. It's like... Um, well, see, this is one thing I grew up. Um, what I've been told when I was a kid in Japan was that from out of the Asian people, the people with the best hair. This I don't know if it's true, but they always, always. I've been always been told is people uh, from Mongolia, Mongolian hair. Um, and I also read that uh, per capita, Mongolian people have less chance of going bald. Like the, the really, the, yeah, that's what I hmm. read. So I always thought like. Because every time I watch anything with Genghis Khan movies or something, <laughs> they always have a nice, thick right. hair. I don't know if that's true, but um, I thought I thought maybe India for sure, maybe China, but I never knew. But anybody that's got thick hair, I mean, that's the hair that they want because from there they can either break it up and get two bundles of hair out of it or if, you know, say like somebody donates their hair and their hair's like dark brown or like your color, your hair's like a natural black, you know? So like you grew your hair out, donated it, but from there, they're like, okay, well, we need light brown hair or we need blonde hair. Your hair's so thick, it can handle the chemicals to get it up to that point, if it needs to be. I mean, there's, right? there's not a whole lot of blondes with thick hair donating hair, you know? I honestly think they shave cadavers' heads, you know, because you see all these hair stores where it's all human hair. It's like, there is not that many people in the world donating their damn hair, you know? So... I don't know. <laughs> um, wow, that's that's really interesting. So now you have a X amount of clients. They're very happy because mm-hmm. you, you you do so good. Um, can you talk about like stuff? Uh, I, I was looking for. Well, maybe we could jump into Brazilian wax stuff. Maybe okay. Could, okay. So, well, why is it called Brazilian? By the way. Do you know? Um, I think it, it was... Well, for, for first, explain to people what that is, if they don't know. Okay, Brazilian wax is basically we get everything waxed off downstairs. Um, and it's it's a little controversial. Some people say you leave a little tiny patch on top, but as long as it's gone all the way down your ass crack, yeah. you know, around your butthole, everything, you know, yeah. it's... Um, but then... I've heard that if you take that little extra patch off the top, then it's considered to be an Egyptian wax. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah. 
So I don't know. But everybody still refers to it as a Brazilian wax. And a lot of it, too, is I think um, probably because it was probably developed in Brazil, you know. And the women are walking around down there with these, you know, bald vaginas on the nude beaches and stuff. I don't know. I've never been to Brazil, but... I'm assuming that's where it came from. I never really. I've been down there. They it. wear a lot of those um, G-string guys. Yeah. See, there you go. So. Um. So, do they teach you that in school? How mm-hmm. to do that? Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah. And it sounds so painful. I mean, I read and read it all day. Like it's it's you know the one that we were talking about. Um. Um. Uh, what were they saying? That's Jonathan right there. Um. Like these women, they're like seven, eight, nine months pregnant. They're just so concerned to look proper. Oh yeah. Um. And but what 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 I didn't know is uh, you have to be very hygienic because if you if you don't do it correctly, you could get infection down there. You might get your child sick too. That I didn't know. That I didn't know either. But it makes sense. Like one lady was saying, like her baby was. Um, was sick for a couple of days, you know, and then early birth or something like that. But, um, yeah, so. That's interesting. Um, no, I do know that I've had um, clients over the years, like if they get pregnant, they have the esthetician there wax them. Um, usually they're already a regular client, and then they get waxed right before they give birth. But, but also, why, why is that necessary? Um, one, just it's their usual hygienic, you know, like if it gets too long, you have to trim it down or, you know, plus when you start waxing, it c- grows back so much more sparse that there's really not much and it doesn't hurt anymore, you know? Okay. Um, and also if a pore bleeds, when you rip a hair out, you killed that pore, no hair will ever grow out of it again. Is that right? Uh-huh. So anyways, um, so, um, but also I've heard from the women that they're, um, gynecologists or whatever say we appreciate that you're all cleaned up down there for what we have to do so it's also you know extended from the doctor you know thank you type thing and they keep saying always use thick thick wax is that right uh everybody's different they have this one where it's you lay it on thicker but instead of laying the strip over it it's like a when it you know it's you know it's ready to be pulled off because it's like like that it's like you can it makes a click noise because it all hardens and you just grab it pick you know pick a little edge off the skin and rip it off oh that's how you do it yeah um they're also saying that it's probably better if you took a hot shower before something about follicle is more uh uh cooperative yeah um it opens your pores just like if you need to like 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 pull a hair out they say to do it after a shower um, and they also said uh, ma- many people recommend take maybe ibuprofen like hour before or this one lady. There's several lady keep saying you should take painkiller hour before you do it. I yeah, I don't do it. It hurts me too bad. I just prefer to shave because uh, it hurts very bad for me. Okay. Um, so those I'm, are f- very wise recommendation, right? And yeah. It also depends. Like, I have a really high tolerance for pain, but that, I don't know what it is. It just... Well, I mean, obviously, it's your, your, it's your sensitive part, Yeah, right? you know, but it's like, it just... I don't know. I don't know if... I, I don't know what it is, but I just... I can't do it, you know? But then I know other people, it's just... It's done, you know? Because it made me laugh because some of the people complaining they were saying things like look it's like going to see a dentist right you, you should brush your teeth and frost before you see a dentist right mm-hmm. so please some lady was saying um, something about there's literally shit down there like she just you know a couple of clients oh that, I believe it 
Yeah. You know, like they didn't do some cleanup and things like that. And oh, yeah. I believe it. You know, there's some people that are just disgusting and they don't even think like that, you know. Things flying around. Um, and I've heard I've heard many of the horror stories, you know. Or, Have you had any? You know, I didn't do waxing that much. Um, you know, I waxed a couple of friends, stuff like that. But when I first started doing hair, I was living in um, a really small town. And besides, like lips, eyebrows, arms, legs, things like that. I didn't really have too many of the, or they could just come in and they'd leave panties mm-hmm. on and we'd just do like the sides of bikini wax, you know? So not too many Brazilians for me. And then when I moved to Vegas, um, they said you have to specialize in something. And so I started to get licensed or something. Well, yeah, yeah. After you graduate school, then you um, take the state licensing, whatever in the state that you're living in. And then, uh, so I was in Arizona and then I transferred, you know, transferred my license up to Nevada, had to get their Nevada license, whatever. And, uh, but the salon, I was working for this really, you know, high end salon. They said, you can't do hair, skin and nails. I said, you have to pick one and stick with it. So I stuck with hair. So I get kind of gave up the nails and the, and the, um, skin. And here's the other thing too, as far as nails go. So you could have done anything. Oh yeah. And I still can. I'm licensed for all of it. Um, when it comes to nails, I prefer to do people's feet. People are like, feet are disgusting. I'm like, yeah, but if you think about it, most of the time people have their feet in clean socks, in their shoes, you know, and the first thing you do is stick their feet in like a sanitary bath and they soak for like 10 minutes before you even touch them. It's like, but people's nasty ass hands, what the hell is under their fingernails? They touch everything. They got their fingers down their ass, up their nose. You know, I would rather work on people's feet. Wow. Actually, that makes sense. It does. And people are like, feet are nasty. I'm like, actually, hands are gross. Hands are worse, I think. Think about the next. The, think no, about no. that the next time I hook up with a guy. <laughs> no, but do you have you ever seen? Because because you know I I always tease my friend Russell Peters. I don't know if you ever met him, but he's he's he like he has a foot fetish. You know, makes makes sense. You know, like to you know Chinese used to vine ladies' feet because they think um, it makes their feet looks beautiful. Okay. But to me, if you see a uh, healthy feet, to me, that's like a credit report. If you have a really nice feet, chances are your body, rest of the body probably is healthy too. Yeah. Because you're standing on the damn thing, you know, all your pounds is put on that. Yep. Oh, yeah. And if you have a proportional clear feet, chances are you're probably keeping everything nice. Exactly. It shows shows that extra little extent of hygiene. (laughs) It's just the flies in you. Um, So... What what did you have to do with feet? Like you have to wash them when you used to like put in nails and stuff or? Well, it's like you've seen those pedicure chairs that they put their feet in that bath. Those, you know, actually when I started, it was so long ago, the pedicure chairs weren't even invented yet. They used to have to go like get this like like, tub, yeah, or a bucket and, uh, you know, fill it up with all your little bath salts or whatever else. And then you'd take it over and put it in front of the chair that the person's sitting in. And then you sit on the floor, like on a little stool and. You get a little caddy with all your stuff in yeah. it. And yeah, but same thing. You let their feet soak. Then they came out with those petty chairs with the jacuzzis in them, and it's a revolution. When I was visiting my uncle and aunt in New York City, first time in New York City, this is like maybe 10 days after 9 11, 2001. Okay. They opened their beauty salon on Bleecker Street. They signed a deal, and 9 11 happened like five days afterward. Oh, wow. So they had their business in the lower Manhattan. They didn't know what the fuck is going to happen because at the time, they were very good at it. They just opened a second one, but boy, it was looking pretty bad because who's go, who's going to go down there with the right, you know, people with the right, yeah. right mind, you know? But wow. they struggled for the first couple of years. But I remember those pedicure things and 
New York City, it's it's mostly Asian people run that business. Um, are they any good? I mean, is, or do you, is that like one family start doing it and the rest of the family copied and all Asian or? Um, you know, I don't even know how that trend got started. Probably along the same lines that I thought of. It's like it doesn't take a whole lot. You can make good money. You can get people in and out. So it's like, you know, if I have to, I can do like four men's haircuts an hour and then I'm making a hundred bucks an hour, you know, things like that. So, uh, so they probably see it the same way, like hurry up and get these, you know, pedicures, yeah. manicures, full sets, you know, whatever. And most of them are pretty good. You know, they there was a long time where they weren't very good. And a lot of them had like nail funguses. That was a real big one and stuff like that. But when the Asian people did it. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? What? What is this nail fungus thing you were talking about? Well, what it was is, you know, they're it working- turns green or something. Yeah, and your nail will fall off or start deteriorating or something like that. But wait, I don't understand. Like, were Asian people's hands are dirty and they're transporting their? No, what it is is like they're working on people. So say like you know somebody did two people in an hour. Well, it's yeah. like say like the first person that they worked on had already had a nail fungus and they use a nail file on them and don't sanitize it properly and then they use it on the next person and that person gets. This it. is a hair version of HIV. Yeah, basically. You ever see those commercials for like toenail fungus or yeah. fingers around your nails and stuff like that? A lot of times people get them from, from uh, the hand and feet parlors, you know. Oh, my God. Nail salons, yeah. So what, what, what happens if you have them? You either get certain types of drops or um, your doctor will give you something or whatever, you know. But it's like, yeah, you just put it on there and eventually it kills it. And you just have to wait for it to grow out and then you clip it off. Have you had problems like that, your clients? Uh, yeah, I've seen. I've, I mean, shit. It's, it's so common. I've actually gotten a, a toenail fungus before, and then again, toenail. You, yeah, yeah. It's more common on your feet than it is on your hands from, from those pedicure I guess, chairs. I, I, I guess people, it's not that clean after all. Because when, well, when people run those jet baths yeah. in those pedicure chairs, you're supposed to change the water, right? If, well, of course, you change the water every time. But it's like if you're running the jets and somebody doesn't like run bleach through it for long enough, it doesn't fully kill everything. Next same thing. Next person comes along, they run the jets, and there they go, toenail fungus. So, do you think when people get those fungus, do they realize where they got it? Do you think? Um, if they consistently go to the same place, they'll know exactly where they got it from. <laughs> you know, or it could be other things like if they're using um, the shower at the gym and they're not wearing flip flops. You know, they could pick it up there. So you should wear it. Flip flops in the shower at the gym. Yeah. Hell yeah! It's not just for prison anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't got anything like that yet. So, wow. Um, so, so, so at least they improved quite a bit. Um, I'm never. Yeah, so I, like, I, I was. I was looking for a blog. I, I was looking for a book, book talking about dark side of beauty salon business. I couldn't find anything like that. It was just the one Reddit thing about. And you know what I Virginia do have Maxine. like. Like people ask me, like, do you have any jokes about hairdressing? I'm like, I have a few jokes, but most of the the jokes I would tell. Only other hairdressers would get my jokes. You know what I mean? Just like talking about certain clients or, you know, just different things. But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't think most of the public would understand the hair jokes. So I've got like three of them that just relate to everybody. But Huh. Huh. <laughs> Going back to Brazilian Wax, I mean, so so you've done enough, but is, is it the same thing, say – if you're dealing with 18 year girl versus 75 year old woman, I mean, do, do oh, women no, of totally that age? Different. Do women of that age get? What, I mean, what do women they get? Women of that age are freaky. Not only do they come in and get waxes, they ask if they can take the leftover hair color home um, to put on the remaining pubic hair. 
I swear are, to God. Are you serious? I swear to God it happens. They ask. I've probably been asked maybe not that often. I think I've had it like happen like three wait, or four wait, times. Wait, 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 wait. I don't understand. Is so there, is there I, hair? They, they want to take it? Yeah. So it's like, okay, say like either – how should I say this? Okay. So I put color on their head and then sometimes there's a little bit left over in the bowl and they yeah. say, can I take that home and put it downstairs so the curtains match the drapes, you know? And these are like uh, grandmothers. Old women. Yes, grandmas. That was, as a matter of fact, that's one of the first things they taught us in beauty school. They were like, um, they were like, if a woman asks you if she can take her hair color home, the answer is always no because it'll give you chemical burns. And yes, I swear to God it happens and it's only the old women. Wow. Yeah, but also, I mean, if I was going to do a Brazilian wax on an old lady, imagine how many wrinkles she's got down there. You know what I mean? So it's like you're probably stretching out thigh fat just to, you know, get a flat surface to put wax on. And, yeah. You know, same thing. you got to probably pull up the stomach to get to, you know, everything out. So as opposed to an 18-year-old girl, you know, but I guess it's kind of the same thing. Like if the 18-year-old girl was fat, you know, same thing. you got to push all the rolls out of the way. So. I mean, how... I mean, how many of those things you've done? You think over 100? Brazilian waxes, again, like I had only been doing hair probably about, um, well, let me think. I think I'd been doing it, yeah, I'd been doing it five years when I moved to Vegas. And so um, I was working in a small town almost the whole time. So I didn't really get too many of those types of things. But, you know, enough I did it on like friends or, you know, whatever. But it was most, like a lot of them back then was mostly bikini waxes. The Brazilian didn't become that big of a trend until after I... Wait, what's what's the difference? Bikini wax is just like right outside of it? Yeah, like basically like if you see, you know, a pair, like if a girl has bikini bottoms on... You want to take the hair outside of that. Anything that would be on the outside of that is a bikini wax. I see. Um, Is it because small town that you're conservative? That's not something that you do or... Um, Well, also back then... um, it, back then, like, the Brazilian wasn't really, like, trending that much. It wasn't until after I moved to Vegas that the Brazilian waxing became really big. When did really it change? Big. Like, the last 15 years? Probably, like, the past 15 years. Wow, like these that. trends. I mean, how, how does it work? But again, then also being in a small town, you know, I don't know. The, you know, some company probably came out with some new wax, and they're like, try the Brazilian, you know. Oh, you know what? I think Sex in the City had an episode about it, too, where she gets a Brazilian wax, and I think it trended that way, too. In 40-year-old version, remember that? When he had that wax, you know, removed his... First off, in that movie, you would never, ever put wax on hair that long. You have to trim the hair down to maybe between... I want to say it's like between a quarter and a half inch long. Like oh, I so said, you, I haven't you, waxed in a long time, so they should have trimmed trim him it. down and then laid the wax on him. But they the did it hair, for the comedic reasons. Yeah. yeah. And but the hair is like you know like like you know fibers of a sweater or something you know what I mean so it's like if you lay the wax on it it's not going to be able to seep through to get down to the skin and pull it where it's coming from you know I see. so yeah you got to trim it down and that's the other thing too if you get um, a Brazilian wax done when it starts growing back out you have to let the hair get to a certain length before you can wax it again even though it doesn't grow back for like a month you know um, you still have to let it grow out enough for the wax to be able to grab onto something and this is something about danger of. Um does this make sense? Ingrowing hair? Oh, what, yeah. What is that? Well, haven't you ever gotten an ingrown hair on your arm or your leg? Oh, like one extra hair sticking out? Oh, no. I mean, like uh, like it looks like a pimple on your arm. And um, and what it is, it's a hair that grows out. And for some reason, it could have been the way that like your sweater rubbed against it or whatever. It curves back around and starts growing back in. Or oh, oh. it gets stuck under the skin 
and never pops through the skin. So yeah, that's an ingrown hair. So you have to like pick at. Wow, it. that's a good way of explaining. That's really good. That's really good. That makes sense. Like you, you drew a picture in my head. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so when you have that, you, you, what do you do? Like you can't just pull it out, or well, you have to basically, um, depending on how it is, like you have to like you, you break, need to pull it from the very break through the skin, yeah. and then you can get the the end of it to pop back up, Oof. and then you pull it out. I got a story for you on that one. I want to hear it. Okay, it's um, <laughs> probably about ten years ago. I had um, I can't remember if I had waxed or shaved everything down there. <laughs> And I went home to visit. Why you have written sitcom on this? I have no idea. <laughs> so I went home to visit a friend of mine. And yeah. well, I was home visiting. And this one friend of mine, every time we see each other, we sleep together, you know. Yeah. So we're getting it on. But again, like the hair was only like a few days grown out. So I don't know what it was, like the friction of our bodies or something. Anyways, I get home and all of a sudden, like I've got pain down there just on like the top part, though. And... uh and then I notice I start getting this red bump and it keeps getting bigger and it's sensitive to touch. I mean, all these things. So I'm like, that motherfucker gave me an STD. Yeah. I'm like, God damn it. You know, so I go to the gynecologist and he goes, that's the worst ingrown hair I've ever seen. So my little sister was in school. She does skin as well. So yeah. she does all the waxing and everything now. And uh, I went over to her school and she looked at it and there was like, I think there was three, maybe four ingrown hairs that like like a little fucking hair hand just like clawed its Wait, what was it? It was right here. Like, you know, like a girl's vagina has like the U at the top. It was right above that. Where I would normally have a lightning bolt, it was an ingrown hair. And I have a little tiny scar there because of it. So how, so she had to remove it, right? She had to like basically like like yeah, like pick open the skin, kind of like like with, with what with a finger or no no no, no. they have like um like um, a tweezer yeah. yeah that are almost like like very um, sharp angled on a side or they have some that are like needle nose tweezers oh my god so there's just a little thin layer of skin that you have to either pick through or you can sometimes you can actually see the hair underneath the skin not breaking through so you just kind of oh yeah it's painful I mean it wasn't that painful wait so you have to break the skin to get it sometimes yeah and that's how it was in this case you know it's like you kind of it's almost like a little layer of skin starts to grow over it that's why it looked like a big pimple you know it was probably it was probably like that big around you know about as round as a tip tip of a pinky finger or something but it hurt oh I, yeah I, I it bet. yeah um cause I, I think another reason why women start feeling insecure about it i really believe because of my former business uh job in porn business i think so many women see women in porn and the trend you know for the last 10 15 years was like hairless pussy right right so i'm sure guys watch a lot of that thinking that's what pussy is supposed to look like right and like having a little bit of hair i'm friends with sasha gray she you know she was one of the big she still is i guess considered one of the greats in Pantheon but the business but she brought she was in Entourage two seasons before it was over and she was a girl with really hairy pussy she brought okay. that shit back you know? oh nice yeah. okay but what, what, why do you think generally speaking it seems like Men prefer women without a hair, right? Seems like that's the trend right now. Yeah, but also, I mean, one, if it gets too long, it actually is kind of painful. Um, For whom? For, well, it's like, you know, years before, like, you know, when I was a teenager, it's like just shaving down there in general wasn't really that big of a deal, you know? Um, And again, like you have a little bit of a hair, right? But you just kind of trim it. 
That was the trend back then. No, back then people just didn't even shave. Still, you know what I mean. This was like like early nineties. You know, yeah. like people weren't really you know, or if it was talked about. I grew up in a small town. Yeah. And again, I was like a tomboy when I was a teenager, so I didn't fucking care or know whatever. And uh, I started noticing, like, if you wear a pair of panties, it's like, you know, pressing against you or whatever. At the end of the day, you're like, oh, my God, that kind of hurts, you know? Shave it off. You don't have that problem. I don't know why. Um, Then other things, it's like, you know, just for sex, it feels better. Like, you can, you know, if you're having sex so much, it could almost feel like razor blades on a guy's dick after about five hours, you know? Um, you know, just for hygienic reasons, odor, things like that. You go to the gym all the time or whatever. Um, wait, wait, but hair, does hair have something to do with the smell? Well, it's like you sweat, so our hair catches the odor. So oh, it's like, oh. you know, if I go to the gym and, you know, go let some guy eat me out, nine times out of ten, if I don't have hair, it's not going to smell like anything. But if there's hair. And also, like, I think even we, you and I talked about this, and then we already talked about in uh <laughs> porn. Well, you know, in, in the, the ancient times, the Roman soldiers, they were told to get their hair shaved or have a shorter hair. Because when you have a hand-to-hand combat, if the guy behind you grab your hair, he could literally pull you down. But oh, if you yeah. Have, if you have a short hair, they can't really grab your head, right? Yeah. It's just a de- defense mechanism. Well, crabs are disappearing because they've been shaving the hair down. They're the becoming head. obsolete. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm sure I've heard a, that too. I'm sure there was a the Mother Nature had a reason originally to protect you down there, right? I mean, I'm sure hair was meant to protect you down there. I, I would imagine. Yeah, just the same thing. Why it's hairs on our bodies? It's supposed to, you know, yeah, protect you and catch. You know, yeah, that's why but, we have hair in our nostrils. <laughs> yes. You know. But now you, you, the porn. I think I, I just think probably young girls are probably thinking that's gross. Just shave everything off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, I've noticed with guys, um, they either shave it off or keep it trimmed really, really short for yeah. almost the same type of reasons. Because it's like, I'm not going down on somebody and flossing, too. You know, it's like you trim that shit up. Not going to deal with it. And same thing with guys. They're like, I'll go down on you, but not with hair, you know. So, um, plus, guys, it makes your dicks look bigger if you trim it down. Because this is a Brazilian wax for men. It's girl, uh, uh, bro, <laughs> what is that? Not Brazilian, bro. bro uh, what is it, Brazilian? Yeah, Brazilian oh. wax. Yeah, that's what they call it. Well, also, if some guys have hair growing on their shaft, um, you know, you have to get your dick hard, and they lay wax on it and rip that strip off. Um, if you have, you know, hair on your balls, which a lot of you guys do, you know. Dude, so the few men, I'm sure it's not a big thing with men, but I'm sure some. Some of you guys probably wax men, or do they do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? what what's? What's the? Uh, I mean, we could make all kinds of jokes, but oh yeah. But to prevent any sort of sexual harassment, things like that. What's the procedure? Like, whoever you work, did they give you instruction how you deal with it? Um. Yeah. It's- I'm sure sometimes some guys get excited. They they maybe get hard or something I mean what do you guys get guys get hard if I shampoo their hair. I had a guy one time ask me to give him a hand job from a shampoo. I was like, you get the fuck out of here before I call the cops, you pervert. Especially when we were in Vegas. It's like, go up the street to a massage parlor. They, they'll do that. Is that how you met Edwin? I'm kidding. Huh, right. <laughs> 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 Wait, so you, so you literally, if you had a client, you literally have to wash it? A lot of the times they have a like a pre-wax that you do to it. So it's some type of like an alcohol um, spray or rub or whatever else. 
That, so you put it on, okay. Yes, yeah, so you'd like probably on a guy, you'd probably spray it on. Or, yeah. if, you know, again, if they have hair on their shaft, the the esthetician will go, okay. What is that word you use? Esthetician. What's that? That's people who do waxing and facials for a living. Oh. So if I only went to school just for waxing and facials, then I would be an esthetician. Right. But if I went to hair for just, or if I went to school for just hair, I would be a hairdresser. If I went ah. to school for nails, I'd be a nail tech. But since I'm certified in all three, I'm a cosmetologist. I see. Yeah. So anyways, but uh, so I've heard that they um, say, okay, I'm going to step out of the room and give you a few minutes and I'll let you (laughs) get it hard, you know, and it's very professional. They make the guy, you know, hold it up against them and they, you know, treat it like it's any other body part. Right. And I've heard stories here and there about how like a guy will like say something or try something and then they, you know, basically either kick him out or, but yeah, it's never, you know, and like I have friends that are massage therapists that have like the same type of shit happen to them. You know, guys try to kiss them, grab their ass, whatever. Yeah. Um, do you, do you think men are more sensitive down there or women? Oh, it's about same. I think it's probably more sensitive for men, just for the fact that most I, of our sensitive parts are on the inside. Yes, yours are right there on the outside. But thank God you guys aren't getting like the tip of your dick waxed, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so did did they ever cry? Because that still sounds painful to me. Because that that's a very sensitive nerve. I'm and- sure there is. I'm sure there is, but I don't know. I've never really. And this is not necessarily gay men. It's just like any. Yeah, any any guy, I see. you know. I mean, usually your typical construction worker won't do it. It's a certain type of guy, but gay straight, it doesn't Well, okay, matter. tell me what kind of guy we're talking here. Oh, usually like um, guys that would probably get like a manicure and pe- pedicure on a regular basis. Guys that actually go shopping and What's buy- the difference between one over another? One with the nails, right? Which That's pedicure. Manny is hands. Petty is feet. Ah, uh, so, so they get their hands. Just like if you see a guy's got a nice haircut or like you can tell a lot about a guy from his shoes, you know, that's what almost all my girlfriends are like, what did his shoes look like? I'm like, I don't fucking know. They're like, look at his shoes. What does that mean? You can tell a lot about a guy by the type of shoes he has on. Nicer the shoes? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. They have money. If he's got, yeah, they have money. They have hygiene. They like, to, they take care of the way they dress. But if they got a, you know, ratty ass pair of, you know, greased up tennies on or something, you're like, uh, same thing. It's like this guy probably doesn't take care of his dick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? That's the connection? Yeah. Uh, but you're right because I have a stripper friends that did, she, she was making fun of me because I was wearing, wow. Uh, flip-flop shoes but she said like she could use your toe clientele by how good of a shoes they're yeah, wearing very true because if they're in ferragamo chances are he's probably got a good money and yep yeah yeah shoes watch you know things like that so um so hands what did they do just cut your nails or or um, they usually, yeah, they'll like, um, trim them back and then they file around the edges and then they like put cuticle remover on and then they push your cuticles back, remove all the excess. If you have a hangnail, they take care of that. Um, if you have any type of like ridges in your nails or whatever, they'll buff all that out. What's then, your philosophy on guys with hairy hands? What do you, well, what do you think about that? I think a hairy man is hot. So I, you know, hairy hands, I mean, it's a hard working man, you know, I don't, I don't care about hair on the hands as long as it's not on their palms. You know, do they get on the palm sometimes? Uh, you know what? What kind that's, of man are you dating? That's a very <laughs> rare. Well, like things like hair on the palms, hair on the bottoms of the feet, and like actually a hairy tongue. Um, whoa, whoa, stop! Hairy, put the hair on your tongue? Yes, they do. If you want, you can look it up on your phone. It is disgusting. 
Uh, but yeah, there's very few people out there that that grow hair in those places. You know, they're a, they're a, um. Wait, you met people like that? No, I've never met anybody like that. But I'm just saying they taught you they. T- taught us about it and uh at the school yeah and then also other things well, just, how does that happen how come people i don't know just how some people are hairier than others or some people are this some people are that like i this was this was very rude on my part i remember in phoenix and i think i was in mesa gas station there was this girl with a mustache yeah i what is that word Cogniz, what? Cognizant dissonance, like I couldn't. Oh, maybe that's not a right term, but I couldn't like tell if it was a man or a woman. No, no, I couldn't just like. <laughs> what is the what is the proper term? I know I'm seeing that, but it, it's you know what I mean. Like, oh, it's hard for you to process. Yeah, it was very hard for me. Like, what, what is that a joke? You know, like right and. I'm sure she's got stared at before. I don't want to be rude, but you can't help but well, look. Well, on top of that, like I've, I've, I went into a gas station. As a matter of fact, it was in Arizona. Maybe these bitches are related, but there's a lady working the register. She's got her hair and makeup done. She's got tits, and uh, she had a full-on groomed mustache. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sitting there like, maybe we what, did the, what yeah. the fuck? You know? But yeah, it's like it's one thing if they got a little bit of hair and you're like, oh, they missed their wax or something like that. But I mean, this she had it trimmed around the lip, and it's like, okay, you got a dick down there. Like, what what are we doing here? No, but can't you use Brazilian wax to get rid of that? Well, the thing is, Brazilian is a type of technique. Right. Like it's like if you're getting it done down there and they're taking it all off, that's called a Brazilian wax. Okay. But I mean, there might be a brand called Brazilian, but this would be considered a lip wax. Okay, but. Can she just get rid of it? Yeah. Why wouldn't she do it? That's what I'm saying. I used to have a client that came in, and I just don't understand where people are coming from. I used to have a client that came in, and she had to get her roots done every four weeks. She was one of my bread and butter clients. I mean, she always pre-books. She pays you a pre-books, lot. Well, pre-books for their next one, too. Yeah. You know you know they're going to be there. Anyways, but she was always, as soon as we got her hair done, she would haul ass over and get her eyebrows waxed. But she had like whiskers on the corners of her mouth. She looked like a fucking catfish, you know. And I was like, hey, you know, I was like, why don't you kind of? She's like, oh no, that would that would hurt you bad. I'm like, yeah, but I'm sure your husband doesn't appreciate being tickled by your fucking facial hair, or maybe he does. My friend told me like, well, some guys are into that, and, and you know, I worked in porn, but like that one that one was really hard for me to process, and and you know, it's it's not my business to tell what people look like. Well, who the hell am I to say that to anyone? But that one was really... I've noticed... It kind of grossed me out. I've noticed the more uh, uptight the profession or however professional they have to be, the freakier they are in bed. That makes sense. I used to date a doctor. He was a freak in bed. I used to date an attorney. He was a freak in bed. And uh, it's just, again, I don't, I don't know if it's because they've done so many other things that they finally have resorted to that's what gets them off. I think the one's probably going to give himself autoerotica asphyxiation, but. You know, because I have a lot of friends in New York City with the S&M bondage business, and they always say. The lawyer's from New York. Huh? The, the lawyer, the freak that yeah. I'm talking about, he's from New York. Because they live in a highly stressful job, and they're always telling people what to do, and they have no one telling them what to do. It's kind of giving up some power, so they it's a way for them to, I think. It's a relaxing experience, I guess. They're tired of always making decisions for everyone. A lot of everyone. those guys end up getting a dominatrix. Yeah. Yeah. 
they want somebody they want it switched around on them you know it's like they're sick of being the alpha they want somebody to boss them around right you know i get it you know i completely get it yeah, yeah. but uh um, <laughs> <laughs> but the ton thing so you're not making that that really that's a, where's uh, my phone no no i, I mean google you a picture of a hairy tongue right now that's so gross that's so disgusting but bottom of the feet too uh yeah it's it's very hang on of course i have like what do you do can is that something that you could remove if you, I think the people with the hairy tongue can shave it, maybe. Wow. I don't know. It's been so long since we've talked about these kinds of things. And I think the stuff on the hands and feet is probably more, like, patchy. But the hairy tongue is something that, you know, they taught us. They've shown you guys a picture or something during the class? Yeah, it was in they our did? textbooks. Yeah. And now, thanks to Google, if I can get Google to work in here, you're going to see it, too. Uh, I don't know if I want to. So what did that instructor say? Oh, my God. <laughs> Moment of silence for viewing the hairy tongue images. Well, this upper, uh, it, uh, obviously, this is not a very good podcast thing to talk because you can't. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just if anybody wants to know, just Google hairy tongue images. It looks like it's all all guys, I would imagine. Right. Maybe. Oh my God! It's crazy, huh? There's almost six billion people. Assuming half of them were women, that's three billion. There's got to be some women into that, right? Probably. <laughs> you you know there is. You know there is. You know. But it's probably something that they met somebody and they were like, "Oh, I've got a hairy tongue" or whatever, and they either don't mind it or. I, I don't know. It's kind of like some women prefer a hairy chest and some women, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe the hairy tongue is good for the, you know, going down factor. I mean, that... I can't imagine it would be on a dick. Well, probably not on a pussy either. I I, I, that I never heard of. Put a hair inside of the pussy? Uh, yeah, I've never heard of that one either. I'm talking about a hairy tongue going down. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. What was the class's reaction when they heard there's actually guys with a hairy tongue? Oh, we were just, all of us were like, ew. And they're like, yeah, there's a picture of it on page four or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you still talk to enough friends. You know, every business behind a closed door, you know, all the comedians who talk about all the horror stories. I'm sure that's true in your uh, beauty business, oh, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, have you ever heard any other crazy stories that, like, you're, you know... I mean, do they cut hair for dead people? Do they do that? Yeah, some people do. Um, I've gone to, like, nursing homes and done certain people. Like, um, I had this one girl, I was doing her hair, and her... It was her grandpa was in... Um, some rehabilitation, nursing, whatever. So I went and gave him a haircut. He hadn't had a haircut in like six months, you know. No, but but, but after they're dead, do they cut hair for people who are dead? Do they do that? Uh, yeah, they'll have certain people come in and style their hair for the, for the open casket funeral. Oh, yeah, and then they have people put on makeup and... Is that... So, so that's a very... Is that a specialty or it's not, it doesn't, it makes no difference? I think most of the time they have somebody at the funeral home that um, does it or they, they are subcontracted for it or whatever. Um, have you done it? No. 
Could you I, do it? It's, I think probably as long as I didn't know him that well. Like, I probably couldn't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And, and until I had an aunt that killed herself like 10 years ago. And, oh, God. Um, her daughter did her hair and makeup. She wanted to, though. She was like, I want to do this, whatever. And if I would have gone, I probably would have helped do the hair or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I guess you just don't know until you're in that situation, you know. Would you have cried if you had to do it for your aunt? Probably not. Okay. So you didn't love her? No, I loved her. I loved her, but it's not like, like she was an aunt that I actually, she was a chick I went to beauty school with and mm -hmm. I introduced her to my uncle and they got married. Oh. So it's not like she had been in my life since I was a kid. I mean, oh, I, I met see. her when I was like 19, you know? So yeah. And then they were together for like 10 years or five years or whatever. And she fucking killed herself. So I don't have respect for shit like that. So committing suicide or yeah. Committing suicide. Unless somebody's like so sick that they're like like nothing helps them anymore, you know I what see. I mean? Like um, those type of people. Are you it's Catholic? Like, huh? No. It's just one of those personal. It's just one of those personal things. I've had so many people in my family kill themselves, but it's like I'm sorry, but your life wasn't that fucking bad, you know, for you to just go and end it and blow your brains out, you know. But again, like the one guy, the one guy that uh, killed himself, he basically was given six months to live. Yeah. Um, you know, like everything they prescribed him for pain, nothing helped. So he just he just wanted it over. He wanted it to be done. The pain was too much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so he took out his shotgun and blew his brains out. You know, so. <laughs> Any other, um, wow. Oh, you know, I do remember. So, um, of course, you, you're, you're uh, working really hard uh, as a stand-up and you work on show business. You work on Ultimate Fighter and the other one is some kind of car show in oh, Vegas. Oh, Vegas Rat Rods. What is that? I couldn't find... It's, uh, it's on the Discovery Channel. They just started the second season. I actually don't do hair for that show anymore. Um, but you did it for season one. Yeah. And, uh, Whose hairs did you cut? All the star on the show? The, well, the main guy, Steve, um, he's a friend of mine, and uh, he I did his hair for the whole first season and a couple of the other guys that was on the show. And then when I moved out to L.A., he was like, I need my hair cut more than once a month, and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, no, you don't, asshole. You, did, it, you know, so I don't know what the hell it was. So uh, he actually hasn't came back to me, so I don't know what the hell, you know, big fucking deal. So, um, but, but it was a car show. Like, what did they do? Um, what they do is they basically take different types of like hot rods and then they just kind of theme it and like funk it out. However, like if you Google rat rods, you yeah. know. And so, but yeah, so that's basically people come in and say, "Hey, you know, um, I love to play poker. I want more of a poker themed. You know, they'll have like a old truck or something like that." So then these guys go in and um, that show. Oh, I can't remember. It's at, it's out of Vegas. It's like the guy fixes up like old jukeboxes and Coke machines and shit like that. Um, he kind of, you know, kind of got in with that because he was always going and buying stuff from him to use on the cars. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, so it's it's pretty cool, though. I mean, he's and I think they're all diesel engines, too. And so, um, yeah, so it's like him and a couple of the guys. So it's like that's my hair on, on season one. And then I can't remember what seasons they were for Ultimate Fighter. But I did that for three seasons. Ultimate Fighter was in Vegas or LA? Uh, Vegas. Yeah. And uh, how did you get both of the gigs? And like, did just somebody knew you from the the um, the Vegas guy, the the car guy? He just came in to the salon one day and wanted a haircut. And um, it was, I think, it was right around the time that they were getting ready to start filming. And he said he couldn't stand who had been doing his hair and she kept messing it up. 
So I started doing his hair, and then we kind of became friends. And then from there, he'd have other guys from his shop come in and get their hair done because it was right up the street from the salon. And then the Ultimate Fighter, um, I did this guy's hair that he was the line producer for mm-hmm. for the show. And he said, hey, he goes, all our fighters need haircuts. How about, you know, you come in every three weeks? And, you know, because those buzz cuts had to stay looking exactly the same. <laughs> Or if one of them had color yeah. in his hair or he needed his mohawk cut or whatever. So yeah. tell you what, I was not complaining. You get to go to the fighter's house and there's however many guys walking around like, you know, half naked and whatever. Oh, yeah. And um, how long did it take to cut all their hairs and stuff? I mean, did they pay you okay? Yeah, they paid pretty decently. Yeah. Um, let me think. Well, I would take... Somebody with because the first time I went, I was there for like five or six hours doing all their hair. How many guys? I'm trying to remember. I want to say there was like 20. Wow, um, you did all that in five hours? Yeah, yeah, it was like five or six hours, some shit like that. You're and, fast. Uh, well, a buzz cut is like nothing, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I could cut your hair in like 10 minutes. Um, yeah, I think mine's pretty fast. She, yeah. she cut him fast. Yeah. She just buzzed the side and back, and that's it. Yeah, and then just fade out your line. And, yeah. You know. Anyway, so, um, and then, so then after that, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. So my roommate was a hairdresser, too, so I started bringing him with me. And it was pretty cool because it's like the first season that I did was the season that uh, the guys were in the house for a few months. And so we got to know that that group of guys pretty well. Mm-hmm. And But other than that, the other two seasons, they were only there for like eight weeks or something like that. I don't know. And uh, so those ones, we only, or something like that, we only saw them a couple times. But the one that they were there for a few months, uh, they, you know, so I started taking my roommate with me and, you know, we'd knock them out in like two or three hours or something. But it's cool because then we'd go home and we'd like watch that week's show and be like, oh, this, 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 yeah, you know. Yeah, I did his hair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, are you going, uh, are they going to ask you to do it for season, next season? Or? I haven't done it in a couple years. Oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's been like two years. You didn't want to do it anymore? Or? You know what? Um, the I don't know what ended up happening, but I know they change houses um, every third season. They change fight houses or something, whatever it is on the show. And then um, I can't even think. So I don't even know what, what happened. You know what I mean? So like by the, by the time that third season rolled around, it seemed like... They didn't have a... I don't know. It just seemed like it kept losing its structure more and more every time yeah. we'd show up to do hair, you know? Um, like, they wouldn't have, like, a station available set up for us or, you know, there wouldn't be a power source. In the, and then, like, one time they'd have us in the laundry room. Another time they had us in the foyer. Another time in the kitchen. It's like, dude, it's like, just, you know, give me a chair and a mirror and an electrical outlet and get the fuck out of here, yeah. you know? It's like, you know, again, plug in my buzzers and just go, you know? Um, I mean that's one thing people with money do I noticed that um, like Russell Peters got his own uh, guy cutting hair he'll drive all the way to Malibu and you know have one there you go and he paid that guy very well you know I mean Russell always paid everyone very well Um, so you you, at this point what's your next move I know that you want to do comedy full time but I I always thought I don't know if there's too many reality shows where hairstylists is like the deep part, you know, big part of the show. Have you seen shows like that? Um, there's a couple of shows on, like, I think there's one that's in a hair salon out here. And I think there's another one in Atlanta off the top of my head. I think that's 
those are the only two on. There's probably more. A lot of them on um, a bit that's black people cutting other black people's hair, right? I think that's what that is, yeah. Because yeah. um, barbershop is a different animal, isn't it, from beauty salon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Because barbershop's mostly men. Uh, they don't do color. They just, they're just doing men's haircuts all day. And they're sitting there, you know, like women usually aren't really welcome or allowed unless they're, you know, a lesbian getting a zero fade or something. And there's a lot of... Um, I've got to be delicate. What kind of... They have conversation. It's, oh, uh, they, it's very earthly conversation. They probably wouldn't talk about it in front of a woman or feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes... You know Jason Whitlock is? He, mm -hmm. He's a very famous uh, sports writer. And he's one of those tough old school guys. Don't approve black people living in the ghetto way. And sometimes he say the barbershop is a place where... Stupid mentality kind of regurgitated by a barber and a client, and like, like, I don't know, maybe it's a ghetto talk or something. So he was very critical of that culture. The way Bill Cosby used to attack black young youth behaving badly, never mind that he was doing all these horrible things. Honestly, I think a barber shop is to men what a hair salon is to women. It's like that's where men go to gossip. And men, women gossip a lot. Of their and view. women come to the hair salon and gossip. Yeah. Oh yeah, you wouldn't believe how many things I know about people because there's a certain tend to do like whole families and then their group of friends and then their you know families over there. So it's like I know a lot about you know person A and person Z and a few things about you know M and P in the middle type thing. You know what I mean? But they don't so know that I know these things. So sometimes you have a, a lady A comes in to gossip, right? The lady B uh, show up in gossip. They're literally talking shit about each other, but. Mm -hmm. But they're not there. But you know, mm -hmm. you know what A and B is talking about each other, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I get to hear it all. And then also, I've heard some clients tell me some. I mean, not too illegal stuff, but it's like, like nobody's ever confessed a murder to me or something. <laughs> but um, I wait, like some, but but close. Like there, you, you could in, you no, could but like a you lady read between the lines. A lady right? told me about this really good revenge she got on her. Uh, now he's ex husband, but it was when they knew they were going to get a divorce. She told me that she got a really good revenge on him and it was illegal but uh oh well you know but did you when, when you're doing somebody okay wait you don't have to tell me exactly what happened what, was she talking to her friend sitting next to you guys to talking or is she talking to you she was in my chair it was just me and her and she told me what she did she, I'll tell you what it is, because it was so long ago. I mean, I think it probably passed the statute of limitations by now anyway. It's not that big of a deal. Um, she was married to this guy, and she started noticing that, like, he just, you know, they just started dwindling further and further apart, and she's just like, I don't even know who I'm with anymore. Yeah. So one day she found this, like, it was like a gay porn mag, and, like, she flipped through it, and he had taken out his own picture ad in the back uh, for men to start meeting him at this gay bathhouse. Oh, my God. And then she started tearing the house apart after she found that. She found all these drugs and shit like that. So basically, I mean, as all this is happening, he had lost his job. So she's paying for the mortgage. She's paying. Like, he's driving a brand new truck. She's driving a piece of shit car. Yeah. She's paying for it. So basically, um, I think she had kicked him out. And she um, hired <laughs> these guys to come and steal his truck and they took it down to Mexico, I want to say, <laughs> oh my and God. Uh, took it to a chop shop, you know. And then from there, you know, they were like, are you sure you don't want more money for this? She's like, no, I'm good. Just as long as he doesn't have it anymore and we can report it stolen, you know. So, but again, it was, that was probably over a decade ago. But, but, but as you're hearing this, obviously, if she's capable of doing that, you don't want to cause any problem. 
you just kept yourself. You just kind of smile and just listen to it, right? Yeah, but I mean, if she would have said anything like, you know, like, hey, I stabbed him, him, but we didn't call yeah. the cops or something like that, you know, there's, you know, everything kind of has its whatever, but yeah. And then I just, I get to hear it all, you know, the fact that you touch people, it's like you have so much more of an influence on them, you know? It's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like... I was like, I'm a therapist. Yeah, it, because... It's interesting when when people are having problems and they go to a bar and there's no one there and there's only you and bartender and mm. drinking a lot. I'm not saying you're confession making a confession, but you do say more to that person than your friends or family members. Mm-hmm. Another one is when you're traveling plane, like especially international flight, chances are we're both never gonna see each other. So like it's surprising like how open the other person is. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. if I'm drinking a little too much, you know. Yep. So you get a lot of that. So you're you're your job is it's a beauty it's a beauty business right you're trying to make that person yeah. look good uh, make sure they feel good you're presenting this person in the world hopefully yeah. they get treated better they're a walking advertisement for me right but but part of it is like you're kind of coach right because people are always afraid to do something new right and you're, you 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 look at somebody's face and say you know I know you've been living the hairstyle this way but I think you look great and you kind of try to sell that to that person. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. I can give you a recent example. Okay. Um, I had a girl come in that she's a single mom. She doesn't really do much for herself. She, you know, she works for the post office, whatever. But she's got these beautiful bone structure. She's a gorgeous girl. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and this is just, you know, she's coming in just normal, frumpy, whatever. And her hair's like, she's got brown hair, like a little bit past her shoulders. So I chopped her hair off, like it's spiky short everywhere, a little bit longer. But you get permission first, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I flipped through and I said, hey, I think we should do this. It'll really bring out your high cheekbones. And and she's thin. You know, know, usually thinner girls can handle that type of a haircut. And she, so she let me do it, and it looks great. So she came back a couple times and had me trim it up every time I'm in town. And the last time I was in town, I said, I think you should let me bleach this out blonde. I said, I think you're going to look amazing with this short blonde hair. So she let me fucking do it, and it looked great. And um, have you ever made anyone cry because they were so happy? Yeah, oh, all the time. That happens a lot. Or I get <laughs> um, phone calls or text messages either later than in the day or the next day. Um, people taking pictures and tagging me on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, all that stuff happens all the time because I'm fucking good. And <laughs> but yeah, so it's usually more tears of joy. I've never made anybody watch. I'm gonna go to Vegas tomorrow and make somebody cry. Well, why? Why do they think? What do you think? Well, well these people take so much. To, I, I think it's a bigger issue for women because I think men judge women. But you know who's even bigger judge of a women? It's other women judging. Oh God, yes. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. it's like because I watch Real Housewives, whatever, whatever. They're really cruel with yeah. other women's look. Yeah, gay men are even worse, I think, in some respect. But but yeah. but you know, guys talk a lot of trash talking about stuff. But man, I well, some the, of the women are very clever. How as mean! Soon as an attractive woman walks in, yeah, you know, like for instance, you know, these chicks are sitting out here. It's like I'm sure they kind of like glanced in here and sized me up real quick, because that's just what women do, you know. And thank God I'm not like that. I'm just like, hey, how you doing? Like mm-hmm. whatever. Unless they've got like a flashy dress on, I'm like, oh, that's cool, or you know. Um, but yeah, women are very, you know. And on top of that, depending on how they are in their circle of friends, they want to have the newest trend, the newest look the newest you know everything so yeah 
Um, and especially, I mean, the older women get, they really want to upkeep it looking as young as possible. So, I mean, a lot of those women, you know, they're my, what I said again, bread and butter. They pre-book every four weeks to get them roots done or, you know. Okay. okay. This is something that I, um, I've been talking about <laughs> last couple of episodes and let's see which one I would, I talked to my friend Hosanna and she was finalist. In a season one of New Zealand's Next Top Model, she came in third place. Okay. So she, she's an exotic-looking girl. And there's another girl that I interviewed, Jennifer Fio. She's half Korean, half Hawaiian. I think, I think she was Miss San Jose. And I ended up – I didn't plan to, but I ended up talking to them about um, the plastic surgery. Okay. You know? And I don't know – I. Of course, this town is very, it's a really p- tough place for women in that show business to survive, right? Yeah. Because even Anne Hathaway saying she started feeling like her age, like there's certain roles that she cannot get anymore. She oh, claimed. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Because she's such a fucking old hag at 29 right. or 30. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, but uh, do you remember uh, Twin Peak? What's her name? Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah. Name? My God. She was a beautiful woman in 20, 25 years ago. Uh, but we all get old. That's part of uh, nature, you know? So you could age gracefully, but she did some plastic surgery. My God, it's a disaster. I mean, I feel bad for her. Right. Because, like, what, what's your general feeling about that? Like, do you... You do I believe great. in it? Do yeah, I? You, you look great, you know. I, I, and I hope you won't do anything like because I don't think uh, the upside is very small compared to disaster that awaits you. I would probably like. I found out after my grandmother died that she had a feather lift. And What's that? A feather lift. What's that? Um, it's like getting a facelift, but it's not a full facelift. It's just kind of a slight lift, you mm-hmm. know, so you don't look like one of those stretched out plastic, you know, goons or whatever. Yeah, the face doesn't move. Like when you turn yeah. right, your face should move right with you. Yeah, it's like, so a feather lift, they just lift it just a little bit. So you still look like you're aging gracefully. It just kind of has a little kickstand, yeah. you know. So I believe in things like that. Um Okay, that's, uh, I mean, I, I could work with that. But as know? far, like, also, like, I think that, um, one, if, if if it's a problem area or if it's a whatever, then definitely get it fixed. Make sure you find a good surgeon, though, and that's what a lot of these people are. Either they've got some weird, like, morph dis- morphing, sin- whatever, syndrome in their head that they're seeing something that all of us don't, and that's when they go and fuck up their face, you know, because they were fine to begin with. Um, Do you know Brody Stevens? Nuh uh. It's a very funny comic. He works a lot with um, Zach Galifianakis because he was in Hangover 1 and 2 and a couple other movies with Zach. And uh, he's around my age, uh, hairy face. Like, a, you know, he's Jewish, you know, like that right. looks fine. But every time I see him, you, do, you, do, you, do you notice the cut of my like cheek or something? I don't notice it, but he mentioned it all the time. Like, I can't really? help it. Yeah, like. Like, some people get obsessed over, like, sure, if you're a teenager and in your 20s, but at a certain point, when you hit, like, late 30s and 40s, like, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, it just, it's inevitable. You're going to get old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I just, too, like, 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 people like Larry Flynn Boyle, it's like, I'm sure. You seen what she looked like now? No, but. It's um, very sad. 
Who else looks like shit? I think Rena- it was Gina, Renee- Gina Davis looks like shit right now, too. Who was the star of uh, Splash? Um, oh, Daryl Hannah. She looked great even 10 years ago, but she did something to her face. And I think a lot of that has to do with... Um, they start looking like transgender person, and nothing against transgender person, but if you're not transgender and you look like one, it's, it's just... It's almost like... Because they get the lips done, and then they get the eyes done, and, you know, they'll get these things cut out, and they probably get, like, a two-for-one vaginal rejuvenation with it, you know. I mean, if you did something and then I don't notice it, that's a good job of doing plastic And that's exactly, surgery. yeah. Yeah. But if, I, if, I, if it's so obvious to me, it's not a good job. Yeah. But but don't you think just like when you look at somebody's hair, you should have a short or long hair or um, chemically change your hair color? I don't understand why plastic surgeon can't tell like in other circumstances, maybe doing these surgeries might be good for your case. You'll be better off not do not, You should do it. You think they do that or I don't um, think they do. I don't think I honestly don't think most of them do. But also, I think they look at things like um factors of um okay how many other procedures has this person had before yeah two some people could be like you know if the doctor says i don't think this is a good idea they're like i don't care i still want to do it you know this if you don't do i'm going to go with somebody i'll go to somebody else i'm bound and determined you know things like that but also some doctors are just hacks you know like there's some like i had plastic surgery last year and i went to a whole bunch of consultations before what did you do i had a tummy tuck um, oh, that's a little different. I'm talking about yeah, face. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's like I went to all these surgeons um, before I found the right one. So, I mean, it's got people need to do the same thing with their face, too, especially with their face. And uh, like I showed my sister last <laughs> week when she was in town, yeah. and she was like, that's the best tummy tuck I've ever seen. Like you can't – there's no scar. You, so, I mean, basically, once the scar is completely healed, it's going to be gone, and it's going to look like I was just born that way. You know, that's good plastic surgery, you know. So it's like if this woman's still around and I need a feather lift in 20 yeah. years, I'm going to her, you know. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I could never. Never say never. I, no, no, no. I, I could never relate because I, I don't know. I know there's pressure, but <coughs> I can't even imagine uh, Jerome's pause. I just want to stand up. Oh, I, I, I can't even imagine the pressure that, you, that the women are under, especially in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. It just boggles my mind. Um, did you have to go uh, take a break? Uh-uh. Okay. So, okay, we have a little bit more time. So you, you're very successful what you do. You answer most of my question. Okay. Um, <laughs> you learned <Harry>. a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> when did you start thinking about doing stand-up? Like a long time ago or fairly recent? Actually, a long time ago. Um, when I was 14, I watched George Carlin do uh, an HBO special for the first time and I knew from there that I wanted to try stand-up I wanted to do stand-up but I knew I wanted to wait till I was 30 to get some life experiences under my belt so when I turned 30 I started doing it and realized that I love the hell out of it and kind of got thrown into running a room and some shows at the same time so in Vegas um, Vegas, Yeah. yeah and I just realized as you know time's gone by that I really enjoy it and and you know it's it's been very good to me so far and it's also something that i don't i don't know if you remember me saying this at the beginning of the interview but i said that like hairdressing doesn't really challenge me that much anymore it's not nothing really throws me for a loop it's it's basically 
you know, like I, it's one of those things like I've been doing this long now, long enough now, I got this, you know, yeah. but I think when I get to the 18 year point of comedy, I think that it's still going to impress me and surprise me. Yeah. You know, hair doesn't really do that. I mean, it's, it's an easy job. I basically, and most of the people I do, I've been doing their hair for so long that it's like, at this point, I get paid to do my friend's hair. I work with my friends. I get paid to do my friend's hair. Like, what an easy job, you know? I don't yeah, want it's easy. It's like when you wake up in the morning, go to work, driving. Sometimes you don't even remember the drive because you do it every day. Yeah. It's, everything's automatic, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, and every day's a little bit different because all your clients are different, but it's like, um, you know, again, it's like, it's it doesn't really hold much of a challenge anymore, you know? It's like, I know every day's going to be pretty much a good day, you yeah. know? Like I said, like it, I'm here. Here I am, 18 years into doing hair, but I know once I hit 18 years of comedy, that I'll still have. It'll still surprise me. It'll still challenge me. It'll, you know, it's, it'll always be different. It'll. Isn't it mysterious? Because you have the same act, same person. That, not, uh, you know, you do a show tonight. It goes great. You go to a different city, different room for whatever reason. Yeah. Same person, same act. Yep. I did don't they don't dig it or they talk during the show yeah it's mysterious yeah yeah so stuff like that it's like there's never going to be an exact science to it yeah yeah um so it's a big difference well did you start in vegas or where did you start i started in vegas yeah what was that like starting in Vegas? You know what? Back Sam then... Sam Tripley and Joe Coy started in Vegas, if I remember right. Um, you know what? And I don't even really know where they started because back then there was like seriously like two open mic nights and I was running one of them, you know? Oh, okay. Um, like I said, this this guy, you know, he kind of... I, I had this girl that I was working with and she was kind of teaching me um, a lot of stuff, how to run a room and like... But like, first off, actually, she's the one that taught me how to like write a joke, don't step on your laughs, what segues are, what callbacks are, all that good stuff, you know? And then when this guy approached us about running an open mic night at his bar, then she was teaching me how to run a show and stuff like that. And then he started, you know, offering up, hey, if you want to bring in, you know, headliners and feature acts, let's do a a weekend show here and I'll put them up in a hotel, whatever, you know? So that was a cool little thing, you know? But back then it's like, I want to say every comic that started in Vegas, I want to say probably at least 85% of them got, you know, their first time in my room. Um, Because after I started, there was seriously probably eight. Where was your room? It was at a place called Meatheads on Charleston and Decatur. Oh, I never knew that one. And uh, so from, it's like, from what year to what year you were doing that? It was 2009 to, uh, what was it, January uh, 2014. Wow, weird. Something like that, yeah. Or no, no, I don't think, maybe we didn't start that until 2010. Some, it's lasted almost five years. So wow, all those years I've been visiting Vegas, I've never heard of it. I yeah, and you know what? It's still like, I still get phone calls from people about it. And I'm like, that bar closed, God, it closed like a year and a half ago. And the owner just came in and shut the whole place down, you know? Um, oh, that's why it ended. <laughs> yeah, that's why it ended. Otherwise, it, it, I would have probably given it to somebody when I moved, you know? Um, but yeah, and also when I first started, there was only like eight other comics in Vegas. So we had the same people. But then like with the economy tanking, you know, all these people were losing their jobs. So I want to say probably about eight or nine months after starting to run that room, people started coming out of the woodwork. Hey, you know, I've been thinking about doing comedy, thinking about doing comedy. So it's like then we had to pick up a second night of the week to do um, open mic because it was so busy all the time. We wow. had to start doing it two nights a week. Yeah. And uh, do, you, do you think because that because I've been trying to figure out the last couple of years, like whenever I go to Phoenix, Vegas, San Diego, San Jose, Sacramento. Seattle, 
my God, there's more places to perform now than ever before. Yeah, that, I think a lot of it, also something I've noticed over the years, it seems like every few years a certain profession is trending. Um, a few years ago it was hairdressing and that's still kind of, a couple years before that it was Hair- bartending. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like certain professions I've noticed get this influx of people wanting to do that for a living, you know? Um, and then I noticed the past few years it's stand-up comedy big time and 90% of the people that hold a microphone never have any business of fucking picking one up. And I think um, I'm also, it's, it's not that I'm a bleeding heart liberal. I'm not. Okay. But I'm, I'm kind of into fairness. And there was a period late 2000s, you know, there's certain comi- communities that are against women doing comedy. I'm sure you've dealt with guys oh, like God, that. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I wouldn't say I'm a friend with Amy Schumer, but we did a couple of shows when I worked for David Tell, and um, it's kind of nice. There, There is, every time there's a attack in one group that you can't do something, they always surprise you and prove you wrong. Right. You know, this group cannot do sports or something. They'll come and surprise you. And you right. Yeah, you know, so, um, my God, you know, Amy Poehler can't get any funnier than her. And there's, there's so many group of funny people coming up. So yeah. I, I, I think it's good because, you know, I know Bonnie McFarlane and she wrote that, she made that movie, Women Unfunny or whatever documentary. I don't know if you ever saw it. You know? Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's great. With, uh, she's married to Rich Voss and... Um, it's funny that comedians who used to kind of attack women doing comedy at Comedy Cellar. Yeah. Well, things have changed quite a bit since that movie replaced last three years, you know. It's not just Amy Schumer, but um, Nikki Glazers. Um, oh, what's her name? Oh, I just saw her special. Um, there's a bunch of new girls. They were always there, but I think yeah, they're like giving... Yeah, women are kind of starting to... Take control of them. I kind of noticed that when I first moved here. Um, I was like, it seems like like women are starting to get a little bit more notice and more of a voice. And also women are getting funnier, thank God. Um, and the other thing, do, too. Do you think historically it's not a ladylike quality? So it's, it's you think it's been a hard for women to make that transition? You know, I think a lot of it too is because one, a lot of the stuff that women used to talk about when they would come out and do comedy, most yeah. of them were married and had kids. So it's like you're performing for mostly a room of men, and that's the last fucking thing they want to hear about. So I think that's, that's a, a lot where that stereotype came from. But now you're running into it. Like, I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm 37. I've never been married. I don't have any kids. I don't want either one of those things. Like, I would prefer to stay single the rest of my life and just have sex with whoever I want. You know, I have the wildest shit happen to me all the time. And so that's what I talk about on stage. So it's like I've actually heard that I need to appeal to the ladies more because I'm so much more like you know I don't know I guess I'm, I'm more like a, a dude on stage you know um, I think it's, but there's more women out there with that are kind of more like me you know what I mean for They're, sure yeah I, I think I think you're absolutely right you just gotta fine-tune it a little bit where men are men are very comfortable obviously with you and you're not a threat to women, maybe. Maybe maybe because you're so cool to men, you make their spouse or girlfriend look not difficult, but you know well, what I like, mean. And then the other thing, I, I mean, I do have a few things that are a little guy bashing, but it's it's also, you can tell it's coming from a place of the, like, this shit actually happened to me type yeah. thing, you know? And sometimes, I mean, you see the women in the audience, they're like, you know, snickering under their hand. I'm like, 
laugh, damn it. I'm like, you know, how do you think I felt? I experienced the damn thing, you know? So it also almost seems like women are embarrassed to let the rest of the room let them let the rest of the room know that they think that's funny sure you know? that's what i love about performing in front of black girls um so how, how's it going you've been here about a little over a year now right you know, i've been right? here no not even that um almost 10 months so um, how's it going it's like sitting on a turtle's back what does that mean <laughs> it's not really moving very fast oh, oh, oh. um just it, and I knew. It, I mean, I knew it was going to kind of be like this. How big is the turtle? <laughs> I'm just. Kidding. I know, right? <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah. It's like um, I've noticed out here that people just, unless you're in TV, on TV, just were getting ready to be. Same thing with movies. It's like, or you're friends with somebody famous. It's like, uh, basically, I'm not getting any love from anybody. It's like I have a few yeah. friends out here that would, you know, see me in Vegas or whatever. Like I'd pick them up at the airport or they'd crash on my couch. Um, those kind of people I'm still friends with and they try to help me here and there but um, a lot of people are, is very just out for themselves I've noticed Vegas is Vegas is more like um, like for instance if you're in Vegas and you, you do a show with a few of your other comic friends and for some reason your act team seemed to hit the hardest that night everybody's just praising you like hell yeah you had the best act of the night good yeah, for yeah. you you know I noticed out here um, one time I did the show I volunteered to go first and I mean, not to like toot my own horn, but I like fucking slayed the crowd. And then after that, like it just kind of slowly just kind of fell off. Yeah. And so some of the other guys that were in the show, but they were like later on in the show, they wouldn't even fucking speak to me because of it. Like, it is very weird, isn't it? It is the same token. If you're too nice, people are trying. To, it's really weird. Like, I hate to think like that. But yeah. yeah. But like, figured- like we, we're both from Edwin San Juan. He's so generous with stage time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <coughs> but not everyone is like that. By the way, if you want to do, uh, if you want to check out stand-up comedy, or you want to go Planet Hollywood, uh, to uh, God damn it, what's the Edwin V Sam- Theater? V Theater, and go check out Edwin San Juan because he's a very, very funny guy. 2015 funniest guy comic on the Strip Award, and yep. you should go see him. But he's also generous with time, and yeah, he you is. know he doesn't have a hidden agenda. Very rare. Yeah. And um, it sh- it should be like that, but. You're considered like a sucker if you do that over here in L.A., you know? Yeah, it's like I just, you know, and everybody's like, you want to run a room. You need to run a room. And I'm like, you know what? I would consider running a room, but it's like I would want to do it at – I don't want to do it at a bar or in a restaurant or whatever. I want to rent a room that's close to the action that maybe turns into like a nightclub afterwards or something like that. You know, it's like I'm I'm done doing the bar show type thing. And I understand where people say you need to rent a room because like it's a bargaining chip, you know, like – um, when if I, you do my room, you got to let me do your room. Yeah. Or just people, you know, they're like, they'll just all of a sudden be nicer to you. They're like, oh, I heard you got a really good room going over, you know, in K-Town, you know, whatever. And uh, and that's when people, but right now I have nothing to offer. Like, at the beginning of the year, I have this room that I book in northern Nevada. And the owner, you know, for other reasons, he just kind of put a kibosh on comedy for a few months. But I was booking that every month. And yeah. even then, going out and networking with people, they're like, oh, you book a room? You know? But it's like, now I have nothing to offer anybody. And it's like, like, I even have friends. Well, you that, do have stuff to offer. I have stuff to offer. But yeah. it's like, I guess I'm just not offering it to the right people, yeah. you know? And everybody else I've talked to that's like really getting the ball rolling with their career, they said, give it two years. You know, like everybody's saying you got to find an agent, a manager, whatever. Like, and so it's like, I'm just, you know, like I needed a change. I was in Vegas for almost 14 years and you got tired of it. 
it's not that I was tired of it, but I knew that it wasn't going to change. I loved my life, but it wasn't going to change much from what it was. And plus, I needed to move somewhere that has a last call. Um, the 24-hour drinking was was just... I, I loved to party, you know? And it it just really... Last year, it just really kind of started coming to a head. So I was like, yeah, I need to... I mean, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but you, you didn't have a DUI problem, did you? No. Okay, good. Knock yeah. on wood. I got a DUI once, and it was for marijuana. It was right after I graduated beauty school. <laughs> Driving through the state of Utah. Fuck you, Utah. <laughs> um, so before we finish, you know, I want to know where you're... Um if you're running a room, if you're going to, where you're going to do a tour, this this probably get up most likely next Wednesday. Okay, week from today. Oh, okay, week from today. Um, I I thought you know I know I could talk to you for the next twenty hours. You're gonna be tell, you're just gonna remember other crazy stories, right? Oh yeah, we could do this all night, and I could just keep telling you more and more and more stories. You thought about writing a book or doing one women show? I actually thought I've really been thinking about writing a book just because, I, I mean, in so many different ways, I've had some of the craziest, most amazing, just wildest shit happen to me. Like, and a lot of it is sex, you know. Um, but just, and it's funny, you know, it's really funny. And I guess maybe just my perspective of looking at things when they happen, you know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I actually I was considering writing a book, and I think if somebody could transcribe it for me, I would. But right now, I I don't know. And I'm old fashioned in the aspect that like I would want to actually write it with my hand. You know, uh, I, uh, my friend Jonathan Branstein walked in, and we I had him on. Um, God, you did one episode. Oh my God, almost close to like hundred hundred episodes back, I think. We talk about travel, but um, Jonathan and his wife, Laura Kay, was kind enough to let me use conference room in K-Town, because I'm staying with my friend. Um, Nobody cares about this, really. No, no, it's it just... Not, not, <laughs> but this is Angie. I'm and, just kidding you. Um, we're, 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 Hi, nice to meet you. We're almost done, but... Uh, yeah, we're, we finish, have to be finished by... Oh, five minutes. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, ho- I hope you write it, because... It, I thought I have all the questions, but every time I ask you a question, you had all this. Bring something else up. <laughs> I mean, did, did, jo- Jonathan, did you know some? What, what, what would you say? One out of hundred thousand guys have a hair on their tongue. Yeah, I don't know what the statistic. Hair on their tongue. Hairy tongues. Yes. It, it, when it, she it went to thing, school, they would show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Google it. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> if you want to, yeah, and she was telling it. me how fungus would transfer from one client to another, this uh, saloon that doesn't keep it clean. So she, we talked. No, 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 no. No, we were, no, we were talking about like um, if somebody goes and gets like a pedicure at a nail salon, if it doesn't get cleaned properly, they'll transfer fungus from different people. Right. You know, yeah. I think you're talking about the tongue. And the oh no, no, oh, no, <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you want to tell everyone your like Instagram or Twitter account so they can uh, follow you? Yeah, Facebook Angie Crum or AngieCrum dot com. That's K R U M is the spelling, and then um, Twitter and Instagram is Crum Shots, all one word. And um, let's see, I'm going to Vegas tomorrow. So next weekend, I'm headlining at Sapphire. And I haven't really had too much comedy going the on strip lately. strip club? Yeah, they have a really nice showroom there. And they put on a really good show every Saturday night. And at what so, time? Uh, yeah, yeah. They do comedy and then they do a burlesque act. They do a magic act. And then um, it's kind of all mixed into one. They do it in like an hour and a half. 
and um, but they have a really nice showroom. It seats like I think like 350 people. Um, and this is on uh, every Saturday night. It's every Saturday night. Uh, K R U M shots, all one word. And yeah, because it's like since I just went it's to Spain. Yeah. And so I just went to Spain and everything like that. I haven't really been doing. That's much right. You did. You were the, You were telling me you went to fancy salon at Ibiza, and you thought of a moment like, man, maybe I can live here. Where in Ibiza? I could the whole island. Where, it was. Where, where, how long were you there for? We were there for ten days. I we stayed it. in San Antonio Bay. You stayed in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, but you know, we were doing the this touristy thing. thing. They call the English ghetto. Well, we didn't <laughs> stay in the city part. We stayed on the other side in an apartment. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah, and so it was. I don't know. We our apartment was actually really yeah. nice. When, when did you do it? Um, I was there August like nineteenth. Like yeah, the nineteenth through the thirty really first. Yeah, uh, it was. It was did good you go times. To space? Yes, we did. We went to space and privilege and amnesia and Ushuaia and um, we went to S. Paradis, the water party. Hey! Oh, yeah. That was, we went to S. Paradis twice. That was so much fun. A friend of mine has a hotel in um, uh, all the way on the other side of the island in, um, I can't remember the name of it now. It's such a cool area. It's yeah. Un- Is it the north side of the island? Or is it like a beast of town? Or, no, 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 no. Or what is like it? the other side, like um, in a, uh, Portinach? No, wait. Um. God, I hope the uh, audio picks it up. What? <laughs> <Should> <laughs> I put- no, no, no. Most likely, um, you're answering his question, but they probably don't oh, probably hear the question. Oh, can't hear yet. what he's saying, yeah. That's what you're going to Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. No, you don't have to. I okay. just was... Uh, Sorry, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the place, oh, but okay. uh, uh, anyway. Real quick, I anyway. think I'm a, I might be able to help you. No, on it's this it's one. okay. It's but um, Ibiza, I know quite well. I've I'm been still there carrying a many, map many around times. in my purse. Oh, really? Right there, bang! I'll tell you where it is. Uh, here. Oh, you do uh, <laughs> I know. I want to go back so bad. Okay, uh, it's over here. Portinach. I was right. Oh, okay, Portinach. You were. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we stayed down here by like the uh, two. I would stay um, several times. I stayed. We rented a house in San Josep, okay. right here. And uh, but there's a beach called. Um, uh, well, okay, Es Vedra and Vedranel are over here. Okay. Anyway, you're, you're, this is boring for people listening. But, I know, right? <laughs> um, this this beach, Salinas Beach, is very special. Okay. And um, Ibiza is a very special place. Santo Lalia is nice. But if you go to Ibiza, the thing about that is everybody has this idea that it's this, you know, party central of nightclubs and stuff. And that exists. That's a big industry there. But And I'm a person who's been, as you know, Yoshi, a lot of places. I can say this is one of my favorite places in the world. This island, it's very special, and I don't go for the clubs or and anything. And believe me, like it's been probably like close to ninety countries in the world. Oh. oh, see, that's awesome. I don't know what it was about going there, but you just and again, I mean, the nightclubs were fun, and we had, you know, it was yeah. my first time there, had to go and see the nightclub thing and whatever else. But it's like. Um, I would go back, and I was telling one of my friends yesterday. I said I could live there. I mean, I seriously just—I loved the whole. Yeah, I mean, I know it like slows down and stuff like that, but it just—it was just—I don't know what it was. Everything about it, just even when we went out and, you know, we were driving from one side of the island to the other, just looking at you know how everybody lives and stuff like that. I would just—I would move there. Um, we better finish. We've got to close. Um, one more time, your Twitter account and, and your website. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is um, Crumb Shots, K R U M Shots, all one word, and Angie Crumb on Facebook, AngieCrumb dot com. Even though I kind of got that under construction right now it's still up and uh and sapphire next saturday sapphire next saturday yeah did you ever go to um uh, 
No, I didn't. That's the best place. Formentera is the island that's across from Ibiza, and there's a, be- a restaurant there called Juani Andrea, which is the yeah. most special restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a special island, Formentera. Okay, yeah. very cool. I, if pa- I go back next summer, then it I'll... It is all part of the lovely Balearic Islands. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, the Balearic Islands consist of, do you know? No. Yes, you do. <laughs> well, Ibiza. Oh, yeah. Formentera. Okay. And there's two others. Can you guess? No. Yoshi's going to give anyone $1,000 if they call in right now with the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Mallorca and Menorca. Oh, yeah. See, I know that now. Damn it. All right. Um, Angie, thanks for doing it. Thank you for having me. It was good times. That was... Um, boy, you asked a lot of questions. I, I, I still think you should pitch for sitcom or write a book about it because... Like I said, we could sit here I, I for... Mean, I mean, I, I checked Amazon.com for any sort of book about... Not necessarily shitting on the business, but dark side of it. Like I, think I couldn't really find anything, so... Comedy. Uh, uh, beauty salons. And beauty salons. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thanks. And, uh, yeah, um, this will be up a week from Thursday, so um, – oh, Wednesday, so a week from today. So, oh, perfect. Uh, so when, pe- when you people are listening to this, um, Saturday the 10th, 8 o'clock, Sapphire. Okay. And if you Fantastic. message me on any of those things, I'll get you free tickets. And I will be in Chicopee, Mass, right. doing two shows. I don't remember the name of the room, but uh, October 10th, I'll be there. I'll miss little Jimmy in uh, Irvine. But, um, all right. Angie, thanks, and uh, yeah, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. And now, broadcast live in front of a live studio audience for the first time from the certified up-to-code WYZT studio, it's the Corny Collins Miss Hairspray Spectacular. He's Corny. Brought to you by Ultra Punch Hairspray. What gives a girl power and punch? Is it charm? Is it poise? No, it's hairspray. What gets a gal asked out to lunch? Is it brains? Is it dough? No, it's hairspray. If you take a ride with a can at your side, then your flick will be gone with the wind. But if you spray it and like it, you can take off in a rocket and in outer space. Each hair will be in place. Why take a chance when you get up and dance? If you twist, I insist you use hairspray. And tell your mother her head she should smother with ultra clutch faith believe So if you're a redhead, a blonde, a brunette, just take my advice and you might just get the only thing better than hairspray. That's me. Forget the milkman, the only thing better than hairspray. That's me. Like you could use a stiff one.